This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's always soccer in Philadelphia. On a Wednesday, we have made it to hump day as the, uh, the Camel and the Geico commercials would say. And uh, your Philadelphia Union are still in first place as of whatever today is, July 20-something, which is great. I don't think the Philadelphia Union have been in first place in July ever. Um, I did not do the research on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what's going on here. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but first, uh, joining the program, a special guest. We have uh, Matt Gendazic, the Sons of Ben president, to talk about everything SOB. What's going on, Matt? Well, happy forehand day, you know, a uh, big day for uh, the Sixers signing that sniper from the outside, and uh, then we can get into some union talk. I was very surprised about that. I did not, uh, of, of things that were on my radar, Furkan Korkmaz coming back to the Sixers was not one of them. Um, so, but that was a nice breaking news story that I was able to get uh, on the site today, because I didn't really, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really have anything else today. So I'll take uh, a little Furkan nugget, but listen, man, uh, Sons of Ben, you guys have it good this year. It was funny because I think the way that we hooked this up was originally Russ came on the podcast like a couple months ago and he said a bunch of shit like, well, I can't get any songs approved and, you know, it's the same chance over and over and stuff like that. And then you and I were sending a couple DMs back and forth like, well, let's we'll get you on here and we'll have you talk about it and explain it. And back then the team was crappy and now they're in first place. So it seems like the river end is filled up pretty well and people are having a lot of fun. Is it just as simple as the team winning games and being enjoyable to watch? Uh, I wish it was only that simple. It's There's a lot of elements into it, but, I mean, ultimately, yes, team's doing well, so the river end's going to fill up. Um, but we're catching a lot of breaks all along. Weather's been better. I mean, last year, I think we had a monsoon every tailgate, where this year, except for last tailgate with, uh, with the 140-degree oven that was Chester, yeah. You know, we've had good weather, and, you know, the team's been entertaining, and, you know, the sons of Ben themselves have turned back the top clock and gotten back to, you know, the the roots of what we do. So we've just been trying to, uh, you know, improve that way. And uh, don't worry, we'll, we'll have a song for Russ soon. He may not like it. It might have to be something <laughs> along of questioning if his parents were married before his conception, but, you know, we'll have a song for him. <laughs> Well, I know he's listening to this, so he'll hear that. I'm sure he'll respond uh, as appropriate. But uh, be be honest with me, man. I mean, when the team didn't start out that well, you know, a couple losses right off the bat, though, and it was kind of cold and crappy, and you know, attendance wasn't wasn't so great. I mean, honestly, attendance wasn't great anywhere in the stadium, but the River End wasn't filling up. And even last year, you know, the River End wasn't full um, on most of the times were you sitting there thinking like, shit, you know, is this going to be a problem again? Like, is this something that we got to fix or were you just sort of like, look, it is what it is and we'll, we'll figure it out here. Well, it, it, it's funny because when Bill Gussler, you know, resigned and retired to Florida, uh, and, and said, Hey, you're, you're, you're it. I just remember talking to the board and I said, we can't rely on how the team's doing. We need to focus on what we do best. And then 
come or not come. So we just said, let's focus on the game day experience, the tailgates, the river end, make sure the capos are happy and make sure they're leading chants. And if there's yeah. 10 people in the river end, everyone's going to sing. If there's 100, great. If there's 1,000, even better. So the mindset was, let's just focus on what we can control. And that was it. But when the team started out like that, you're going, here we go again. And probably the one thing Tim McDermott hates when I bring up to him is, I always carry around a little picture when he has the old Tim McDermott questions of, hey, how do we get more people and what about this? I show him a picture of Charlie Brown and Lucy, where Charlie Brown's trying to kick the ball and Lucy's pulling it away. I go, that's what it feels like to be a Union fan. <laughs> so I just kept looking at that picture going, oh, not again. And then, by the miracle of Ernst Tanner, they just started clicking and it's been great ever since. Knock on wood. You know, it's interesting. I did the big uh, Sons of Ben oral history a couple years ago, and I talked to Kenny, and I talked to Bill, and I talked to Brian James and some of the former presidents. A lot of people have been involved with it for a while. And they said that um, they always had good things to say about Nick Sakevich and how he treated the group and the relationship that he had with you guys. Um, how's how's Tim been with you guys? Has he been good to work with? Tim's been good to work with. Um, Ernst has been, you know, easier to talk to than Ernie was. Um, I was on the board right when Nick was – transitioning out so it was a little tense because when when I joined the board was when we had the famous protest and then some of the guys brought the coffin out and then Nick wasn't really the same after that yeah, he wasn't right, right, yeah. as warm and fuzzy to the group um you know he got a little got a little hurt uh but Tim's been you know Tim's more business uh Tim's been great to work with but we've got a really good relationship with the front office which some people like to criticize where I'm going, why wouldn't you want a good relationship with the people that you're working with? Um, but Tim's been good. You know, Mark Evans in the front office has been a godsend. And, uh, and of course, you know, Ernst has been very receptive to anything that we've wanted to do, reaching out. And just I've had more conversations with him in, you know, three months than we did three years with Ernie or whatever, how long, however long we had Ernie. Yeah. Well, I mean, even going back to when, when the protest happened in like 2015 or whatever, there was a lot of people in the Sons of Ben who were like against it or like said that we draw the line here or something like that. Because, yeah, there's a portion of people who said we support the team no matter what, and this crosses a line. And, uh, you know, other people saying, no, we well, hashtag we deserve better, which was the whole point of it, you know? So I guess it is kind of like a walking the line kind of thing where you want to have a good relationship with the front office and with the team, but you don't want to lose your voice at the same time if things go south and you feel the need to like speak up and say, hey, this just ain't it. And, and that's usually the biggest conflict that we have with the front office is, you know, their marketing team loves to use images from the river and, and us, and we have to remind them we're not an extension of the front office. We're here to support the team. And we've got an independent voice to say. I mean, we're part of the Independent Supporters Council. And part of that is, hey, you've got to stay independent. You know, like the team can go, hey, guys, we'll give you $50,000 if you do this. And we've got to go, no, we can't. Because then you bought us and we can't protest or tell you, no, this is crap. So it, it definitely is a, a tightrope that we walk, making sure that we're working with the team and doing whatever we can to, to support the team and grow the sport in this area. But we still have to be independent fans. And, you know, in the end, I try to remind the front office all the time, we're paying customers. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so that's that's one of the things. It's, it's, it's tough, but it's something that this year the board's been really good about. All right, so let's go back to, like, a theme that's kind of been, like, recurring for a couple of years now. It is sort of this idea that, like, look, at the beginning, the Sons of Ben was a smaller group. Everybody knew each other. 
Um, you know, it was kind of a tight knit group that all sort of came up together, you know, and then sort of as it came on, some people came, you know, people came and went, other people got married, had kids, you know, it splintered off a little bit. You had some new people come into the group and then, you know, you had little factions here and there. This person might know this person, this person might know this person or whatever. And so like the, from what other people told me, it was sort of like, like the theme of the last couple of years has sort of been like trying to like reestablish that identity. Right. Um, so where, where do you think you are as far as like kind of like incorporating people who were there from the beginning and, and trying to like get more people involved, get new people to sign up, you know, people who are maybe 10 years younger than you are, but want to be part of this. How do you, how do you kind of like pull it all together? Yeah, that's, that's been one of our, oh, this year and a half, that's what we've been focused on is we've been around 13 years. People don't realize that. So the first, you know, Two, three years was focused on the team. In 2010, we have a team. And the get people that were involved then, you know, maybe they were in their 20s or their 30s. Well, 10 years later, they're married. They have kids. Like you said, the jobs have changed. You know, your your relationship with the team and the sport has changed. Um, but we kind of got a little stale because everybody was hanging on but not as active. And we as a group weren't really going after new members. We realize we're like, God, there's a whole group of people that were maybe 10 years old that are now 20 years old, 23 years old, and are prime candidates to be a member of the Sons of Ben. So we've been opening it up to let people know, hey, we're not a cult. We're not a biker gang. You don't have to, you know, draw blood and swear an oath to join the Sons of Ben. You know, love the team, love soccer. Get on the internet and pay thirty-five dollars, and you can be a member. Yeah. So we've been opening it up that way, and and that's some of the growing pains we're having now. We're getting a lot of new members in, coming into the River Inn, checking it out, and not knowing exactly what to do. So it's been a little bit of the growing pain, but it's something that we needed to do as a group that's thirteen years old. So does it? Um, I don't know if bother. I don't know. If- bother you is the right term but like what what do you what do you think of like kind of like little splinter groups who are just sort of sitting in the river end with you guys but aren't necessarily like affiliated or they want to kind of do their own thing uh or they want to go in their own direction i mean do you guys all sort of coexist together because i'm not like you know i covered the team for forever but i never sat in the river end a single day of my life i would look down and kind of like see different patches of people doing different things i guess um but does it would you prefer to have all those people pooled together and like on the same page or is it just sort of an idea of like look some people are gonna gonna do what they want to do see for me and i i i I talk to a lot of the little other groups that are associated or not associated with us and for me I'm not here to judge how you support the team as long as you do it in the right way by following, you know, a code of conduct and not being a complete J.O. in the, in the river end. Yeah. Uh, so we, we, we do talk to those guys, and, and the weird thing is we're the only recognized group from, you know, the union and the MLS, so my only discussions with those groups and with the front offices, I go, hey, if one of those guys acts like a J.O., we're not getting sanctioned. If one of our members acts like a J.O., we can get sanctioned. We'll figure it out. We'll do the punishment or take the punishment. Yeah. Other than that, we can all coexist. As long as everybody's standing in the river end and cheering for the team, I'm fine, man. You want to sing a Justin Bieber song? I don't really give a shit as long as people are singing. You know. So <laughs> Actually, I really don't want you singing a Justin Bieber song. But, you know, uh, as long as everyone's supporting the team, I think we're okay with that. We're, we're, we're a mature enough group to... You know, we've, we've taken a lot of bumps in the, uh, you know, 
throughout our history. So I think we're we're thick skinned enough to, you know, have another group out there or even take criticism from other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that Russ was complaining about, and by the way, I, I should have set this up like months ago so that like it could have been like, so Russ could have been on this. It would have been like me and him and like you and like maybe Adam or something like that. But then I had the baby and I'm tired all the time. So this is what, this is what people are going to get, you know? <laughs> but um, what, like one of his, one of his complaints was like, you know, introducing new material to the group and like trying to get it accepted and used. Like, for example, like maybe there's a chant that you guys have been doing for like 10 years or something like that, you know? So I'm kind of interested in like, what is the process? Like if say I have like a, a new chant for, for you and I come to you and I say, Hey Matt, you know, I have this great thing that we can do. It goes like roses are red, violets are blue, the Columbus crew blow and we don't like you. You know, like if I present that to you and, and say, hey, we should all chant this together. Like what how, how does that happen? How do you like take ideas and kind of like disseminate them and decide what what makes sense and what doesn't? So we take and, and ideas come from everywhere. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten an email or, you know, capos. Somebody's come up to them and, and present an idea or a lot of times things just come organically from the stands, from, from those factions or other people, and you're like, oh, this works. Now, what doesn't work is, you know, we'll get an email and go, hey, I've got this great idea for a song. If you listen to Pantera's fourth album on the back track on number eight, it goes like this, and then writes it out and goes, yeah, I got no idea what you're talking about, man, and I don't have the time to research this. The more work <laughs> you do to make it easily presentable so I can send it to Capo's, on the messenger group that we have. They go, hey guys, here's a track, this is what we're thinking. And then they're like, yes. A lot of times, the biggest problems we have with introducing new things, because Adam's done a great job, Trevor, Eric, all those guys have been slowly trying to introduce some new stuff, but you're getting groups of people that are like, I don't know what this is, wait, what is this? I'm not sure. So we're actually revamping our website to make it, bring us back to the technology where people can go on the site and go, oh, here's a chant, we can do that. Yeah. So we're trying to revamp the site to make it easier, so hopefully people will have chants and go, this is what we want. But I mean, sometimes timing is bad. I mean, my biggest disappointment this year was I had, you know, Adam and I worked on a chant for against New England, and it was basically Sweet Caroline talking about Robert Kraft paying for you-know-what. But the New England fans had their academy team, I think it was their 14 and under, oh. sitting right in front of them. And we're looking at each other like, we really can't chant at them about their owner paying for sex because they got 14-year-old kids in front of them like human shield. Yeah, that's a little, that'd be a so, little weird. Yeah. So sometimes things, you know, don't always work out, but we're always looking for new stuff. Um, you know, my, my hope and dream and the board's hope and dream is I would love to be able to watch a game on TV and go, oh, that's our chant where you, you watch MLS and you're like, oh, they're doing our chant. Oh, wait, everyone does that chant. Yeah. So yeah. we definitely want to strive to be original and bring new stuff. It's just how do you educate, you know, 1,000 people in 32 seconds during a live sporting event? That's the biggest challenge we have. Well, it's, you know, it's funny as a quick A-side, it's funny you mentioned it because I think the eighth track from Pantera's fourth album, I think it's called Floods. Is oh, it the okay. Great Southern Tranquil? Yeah, I know you were just joking, but I think I actually knew that off the top of my head, so I just figured I would sh share my uh, 
heavy metal knowledge with everybody. If it, if it's wrong, I look like an idiot, but that's all right. Um, well, if, if you've got a chant idea based on that, just send me the track and then we'll work on it. <laughs> okay. I'll do that. Um, so I think this kind of segues into what you were saying there kind of segues into this question. Like, like back in the day, I, I feel like I'm aging myself here. Like I'm so old or something, but like, Back in the day, in the early days of Sons of Ben, like uh, vulgarity w- was kind of like an interesting line where some people were on one side of it and some people were on the other side of it. And like, you know, for example, some people were into you suck asshole and other people didn't like you suck asshole and thought it was like juvenile or whatever. So when it comes to f- cuss words and like kind of taking into account that there are like kids in other parts of the stadium and stuff like that, do you guys have a thought on that? Is there a policy on that? Is it just sort of like a... You know, we're just going to see how it goes, take the temperature of the stadium at that point in time. Where, where are you guys with that in, in 2019? In 2019, things have changed so much compared to, you know, 2010. You know, uh, sensitivities higher up there. You, 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 you don't have the same insults. You know, we don't even do the she fell over anymore because people have been offended. Um, yeah, yeah. Where it comes with that is... You know, some things, if they're funny and in the moment, that's fine. But as an organized chant, you know, we don't want to do a YSA just because that's going to hurt the broadcast. And part of our, you know, the Sons of Ben are built on three principles. It's support the team on the field, grow the sport in this area, and, you know, give back to the city of Chester. So those three principles, anytime someone has a question for us as the board, we go, does it fit one of these three things? And when it goes to you know, growing the game, if we're doing a chant that's going to outright hurt the team having it broadcast on ESPN or ABC or Live Well or whatever else, then it's probably not in our best interest. You know, as much as it's great to have the ha-ha because we said a bad word on TV, if they've got to bleep it out or, you know, get fined for it, who did we really help for that? So, yeah. In this day and age, it's kind of like, all right, no organized thing. But, you know, if the ref blows a call, there's, you know, it's still Philadelphia. We're still going to let him know what we think about him, his mother, and his mother's cousin. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I, you know, if, if you say something that comes through on the broadcast and people are criticizing you or it gets bleeped out anyway, then it kind of defeats the purpose, you know, because you want yourselves to be heard. And uh, if you're not heard, then what the hell is the point, right? So. It's interesting right. to and, think, and we, think of it that way. We thought that we're, we're a little bit more original than grabbing something from, you know, the American Outlaws or grabbing something from, like, a Portland. Like, hey, sure. we, we can do something better than that, so let's come up with it. So that's our challenge now. So Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. When I talked to Brian James and I did that oral history a couple of years ago, um, he, he said that, like, the hardest part of being the Sons of Ben president um, was this idea that he like it, he felt responsible for every single thing that every single person did, you know, that it all sort of came back on him and it ended up being, you know, I guess the idea was that it felt like he was more like, you know, the, the father figure, uh, like trying to like account for everybody instead of just like watching the game, enjoying the game, cheering for the team and drinking beers. Um, do, do you personally and do you think other people in the past, did they feel like that kind of weight on their shoulders, like you had to deal with stuff that you just did not want to deal with? with without a doubt. I mean, you think about it. We've had Brian James, Matt Ambrose, uh, Kenny Hansen, Amy Rivera, Bill Gustler, and now me. So that's six presidents in 13 years of existence. Yeah. That, it, it, it weighs on you. I'll uh, give you an example. I When I would go to see a game before I was on the board, or even when I was on the board, 
my cell phone would sit in my pocket. And maybe if I was going to take a picture, that's the only time I grabbed it. Now during games, I have my, you know, Samsung, whatever the hell watch, tethered to my phone. So if security or someone has an issue, I know that my phone's ringing during the game and I can look at it. I can't tell you, I think the last game was the first game that I got to sit the entire, or stand the entire time and watch. There, there wasn't like, oh, security's got a question, or so-and-so, or, you know, we've got someone that wants to bang a drum. Can you come down and talk to them? Yeah. You know, so, yeah, you definitely feel it where my day-to-day enjoyment of the game isn't there right now. I mean, I still enjoy what we do, so it's it's worth it now. But, yeah, yeah you definitely feel the pressure of, is everyone having a good time? Did the capos have enough water? You know, uh, do, do we have this? Do we have that? So, oh, yeah. And, and, and then you wait for, at the end of the game, do you get the email from the front office like, hey, we had an incident in section whatever. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? You're like, great, that's my problem now. But do you get like a, despite all that, do you get a sense of satisfaction, like kind of being the point person for that and kind of handling everything? And like, look, you, you may, it may be a burden for you and you may not be able to pay attention to all the game because you got to deal with all this other stuff. But because you're handling that, you know, 300 other people are having a good time. Oh, for, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I can take that burden off of other people and they can enjoy themselves. Uh, enjoy a great experience and that, you know, us as a board is cultivating an experience for people that's really unmatched in the city of here for watching a sport. I mean, most people that anytime I've brought a new person to the river and they're like, Oh my God, this is great. This is like, this is like the 700 level, but with singing, you know, where it's a little rowdy and it's a little crazy, but you're having a great time. And for me, that's what makes it all worth it. This isn't really a question, Matt. It's more of like clarification for me and other people who don't sit in the river end. But um, I remember back in the day, I guess one of the complaints was that you could just buy river end tickets, right? And you could sit there whether you were a Sons of Ben member or not. Is that correct? That's correct. You can still do that. In the beginning, uh, the first two, three years, you had to have a Sons of Ben membership. And then as the team may not have performed as well, that kind of loosened up. So now it's it's pretty much the cheapest seat you can get. So we do get a lot of, you know, stub hunters coming in, which does take a little effort to integrate them within, you know, 30 seconds of, hey, you're not supposed to sit, you want to stand, that kind of stuff. Um, Are they responsive but, to it? it? You know, it depends on the day and the person. I've never had a negative reaction. Maybe my approach has been like, hey, I don't know if you know about this, but this is the deal. And they're like, okay. And some people will just look at you and just sit down and go, what are you going to do about it? Um, yeah, you know, and you yeah. just can't let that ruin your, your experience. But we're, we're doing our best to make sure the rules are posted and that, you know, even on StubHub that they have to read the agreement, you know, and, and go, oh, that's a section. Because a lot of people just don't know. So it's not like someone's yeah. being malicious about it. They just don't know what the rules are because they weren't clearly presented to them. So once they know, they're like, oh, okay. And then they're standing, and then they're starting to sing, and they're like, oh, I'm having a better time than if I was just sitting here for 90 minutes because my boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife drug me to a game, and I'm not interested in soccer. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because um, cause Brian was saying back in the day that – I mean, he said something to the effect of, like, that people weren't in the Sons of Ben for the right reasons – 
And that was one of the things that he cited. Like, he, you know, he would say some people would just sign up because they wanted the cheap tickets, but they didn't give a shit about participating in any of the stuff. Um, do you feel more so these days that people are, are quote unquote, in the organization for the right reasons? Now I do, yeah. Um, you know, back, I, I think the people that have stayed in the organization have been that supporter that are like, I'm in this for the long haul. You know, we've been through the Novak, Ernie, sugar copter days, and we've seen the bad, and now it's getting good. And then I think the people that are joining now are like, wow, this is something interesting. Or, hey, I'm, I'm just out of college, and I've been playing FIFA all my life, and you know, Man City's my team, and I want to find out what <laughs> our Philadelphia team's about. So I think most people are in this for the right reasons, not for the cheap seats. And we're hoping to get the people that come in for the cheap seats to go, hey, I've had a good time. Maybe I should look into this group, and maybe I'll get season tickets next year. Well, this is like a topic that I could do an entire podcast on, and Sean Brace and I talked about this at one point, but like, do you guys – care or does it like annoy you at all when somebody comes into the river end and they're wearing and they're wearing like a man city jersey or like a liverpool jersey or they're just like a like a euro snob or whatever the hell i mean do do you does that annoy you or do you see like an opportunity to say hey you're here at a union game maybe you'd be a union fan one time wear a union jersey in here it kind of depends if they're wearing a liverpool jersey i'm already annoyed no i'm just kidding uh if if (laughs) We're playing the Red Bulls or Real Salt Lake who wear red, then I'm annoyed because they shouldn't be wearing the opposing color. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. But, but coming from a ex-Euro snob, I see it as an opportunity. I mean, when the Sons of Men first started, I remember those guys coming to bars, and I'm like, man, MLS is garbage. I, don't, I have no interest. And one of my buddies, when we got the team, was like, hey, let's get tickets. And I'm going oh, MLS isn't that great. No, I don't want to. And then I said, all right, if you want to get tickets, let's join the Sons of Ben. Let's get in the rowdy section. Let's sing and chant. That'll be fun. Because my opinion of MLS 10 years ago was not high. Yeah. Now, I'm on the converted side. I'm going, you know what? We've got some quality players, and we've got a quality team, and, and we can hang with, you know, are we the best league in the world? No. Are we in the top 10? I could argue that. You know, as the as the whole with the with the quality of talent. So, I look at it as yeah, we can convert some of these Euro snobs. In fact, I've met with the guys at Milan, the guys at Manchester City Supporter Club, uh, a couple guys at Chelsea, and I go, guys, you've got a team in your backyard. Why don't you come down for the live experience? I know it's not Chelsea. I know it's not Man City. But, but you it's, know what? It's our live time, and right? it's Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I always say. You know, it's like people always say, well. MLS is not as good as the English Premier League. Well, no shit, you know, but it, what is? it might be, right, you know, it might be a crappy league by comparison, but it's our crappy league. You know, it's always funny to me because as, as provincial and parochial and defensive as we are with everything else, I mean, <clears throat> like look at all these people complaining because Wawa is like the official hoagie of the Baltimore Ravens or whatever, right? You know, and everybody's like, well, Wawa is ours, it belongs to ours, blah, 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 even though they already have Wawa down there. But, like, I don't know why that doesn't extend to soccer, too. Like, why is it just because the union are new? Is it because people think soccer's dumb? Like, I know it always felt like there was kind of like a little bit of a something missing there. Like, there's a little bit of a hypocritical nature because this city is one of the most provincial and parochial on the planet. Yet, a lot of people thumb their nose at the local soccer team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I don't get it either because soccer is, like hockey, better live. 
you could argue if sure. you're an NFL fan, I'd rather sit on my couch with my laptop, my iPad, and my TV, and I'll have a better experience than if I'm at the link because football is a better TV game. Baseball, I'm 50-50, but hockey and soccer are so much better to watch live where, where you're seeing everything unfiltered. So I don't know why people that are like, you know, they're waking up at 9 a.m. to go to Fado and, you know, watch Man City on a, you know, 50-inch TV, why they don't want to come 20 minutes down to Chester and watch a live game and, and really see the pace of the game and, and how these guys are performing. So it, it, it still baffles me, but it's something that we're, as a group, trying to work on and trying to convert some of those Euro snobs into, hey, come on down and check it out, you know? It's our team. Yeah, you're doing the Lord's work, man. I'm right there with you. Um, okay, I got two more for you, and this is kind of like a like a two part kind of question, actually. Um, I, I was reading the interview you did with PSP like earlier this year in January, and I thought this and this quote made me laugh. Um, but you said, "quote We drink beer and we sing songs. It's not that serious." Um, <laughs> and and it like it, it it resonated with me because I think that's what a lot of like the other SOB presidents had said in the past. You know, again, kind of that concept of like, we got to like, just pull it back to the basics and like, think about why we're here in the first place, right? It was a couple dudes sitting at a table in McGillan saying, this is, this is what we, we want to have a team here. We don't have a team. We want to have a team. Like it was as simple as that. Right. Um, and I remember Bill was saying to me that he kind of felt like maybe, maybe you guys had spread a little too thin, or maybe you were doing too much in philanthropy, or maybe because there was your, you had like tentacles all over the place, but that the, the original message was kind of lost. Um, so number one, do you feel that? And do you feel like it's getting back to where you need it to be? And number two, um, what, what are you guys doing now with the, with the charity stuff? Are you still doing the um, couple events you do every year? What's going on with all that? Yeah. So it, we definitely spread ourselves too thin, too far. Um, you know, it, and, and it was out of a good place. Like it, it might've gone back to Kenny where, man, if you had a charity for, if you had a Dillard and Pincher that had, you know, IBS, we were going to write a check. And we just were like, well, we've got to scale this down. Mm -hmm. And we went back purposely last year and went, what are our three principles that we're built on? Okay, support the team. You know, not front office, the team, the guys on the field. Okay, grow the sport. That's in the Delaware Valley. We're here to preach about soccer and, and, and watching this team and growing it and then giving back to Chester. So we still have our three major charity things, which is Cupcake Hunger, which helps the Bernadine Center out, which is the only food, not the only, but one of the, the food bank in Chester and a, uh, just they're doing the Lord's work in Chester. Uh, and then, you know, we've got Pints for Pets where it's funny, where maybe isn't, we're helping a local animal shelter in Philadelphia and in Delaware County. So maybe that's not directly towards Chester, but I'm not going to be the guy that says we can't help pets out because people would crucify me. <laughs> and we do stash bash, which helps, you know, unified soccer for the special Olympics. So that's our focus. And we're, we're staying focused where we want to do more for few, not a lot for, you know, everyone or, or, or not, not a lot for every little bit for everyone. So, yeah. yeah, we're trying to simplify it, get back to the roots and, you know, not kill ourselves. I mean, we've got nine board members and your hours as a volunteer are anywhere from, you know, 10 to I think I'm up to 40 some hours a week plus, you know, during, during weeks for 
you know, working on this thing. So we're like, okay, let's simplify our lives so you don't get burnt out. No shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a commitment. I mean, that's what everybody else said too. You know, it was, it was number one, having to account for everybody else's bullshit all the time. And number two, just the commitment, the time that it took, um, you know, to do the job, I guess. All right. Um, here's the last one for you. This is like kind of an open-ended question. It's not really a question. Um, but in 2019, if you like, imagine you're standing there with a, like a, I don't know, this is, this is going to sound dumb, but like, imagine you're standing there with like a megaphone, right? And you have every single member of the Philadelphia union community in front of you from like me and Tannenwald to McDermott, to the fans, to non fans and stuff like that. What, like, what's one thing that you want to reiterate about the group right now, or one theme that you want to tell people, what's something that you want to hammer home about where the sons of Ben are in 2019? Wow. That is a, yeah, you said open-ended question. That's it was an open-ended question. Um, I probably, you know what? of this i would just tell people we're the sons of ben we were here before the team and we're here for the team and we're always going to be here you know we've gone through a lot of growing pains and you know joys and tragedies and and open cup losses but we're still here we're still kicking we're still going to be singing we're still going to be you know drinking beers and singing songs in the river end amen brother Sounds good to me. And uh, listen, one of these days, maybe I'll uh, finally join you guys in the River End. And uh, if I have any song ideas, like any Pantera song ideas or something like that, I'll make sure I email them to you. You, you let me know. With the, just send me the sound clip, too, and I'll, I'll get that going. If I have to get a whole <laughs> drum kit for the Pantera song, we'll get that. Well, maybe that'll be my next thing. Now that we did the live podcast at the Larimer, maybe I'll... Um, I'll get my cover band back together and we can do a couple uh, Pantera jams at the, at the Larimer. How does that sound? We can have you at the tailgate, the Larimer or on top of the river. end. I'm sure the front <laughs> office would love to see you guys doing that. As long as Tannenwald's going to be singing front. Uh, we will make sure that happens. We'll get him to do a little uh, Phil Anselmo. I think that'll be a good, uh, a nice treat for everybody. <laughs> Matt Gendazic, the Sons of Ben president. Matt, thanks for uh, jumping on, man. Sorry it took so long. I know we talked about doing this like uh, four months ago, but uh, better late than never, as they say. Exactly. Better late than never, and now we're in first place, so it's even better. Amen, brother. All right, well, I'll, uh, I'll keep in touch, and I'll see you around the bend, all right? Sounds good. Thanks a lot. All righty, then. Let's continue uh, with a little bit of an – well, it's not really an announcement, but um, – I just wanted to say thanks to everybody who came out to the Larimer. The live podcast was great. Uh, it was awesome. We had a very good turnout. The crowd was great. You guys were enthusiastic. We did some good back and forth. Um, there are some people who were not there for the podcast, but they asked where they can find the podcast, so we picked up some new listeners at the same time. Um, so I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate everybody coming out. It was really hot in there. It was hot outside. <laughs> but um, Thanks to Joe and Matt um, for doing the podcast. Thanks to Matt at the Larimer for getting the place open and inviting us in and having us there. I think it was a big success all around. Uh, the only thing that was not a success was that my recording failed. Uh, well, the recording didn't fail. I shouldn't say it failed, but uh, I, I think because there's so much noise in the place that the mics were picking up everything, and I just got this like garbled mess coming through the uh, coming through the speaker. So unfortunately, we couldn't salvage that. Um, but that means, you know, if you were at the live podcast, then only you got to hear it, you know? So maybe it's like a special, uh, you know, 
kind of moment or something. You could say, hey, I was there. I heard it in person. And maybe it's appropriate that it never goes up online. Uh, but what I did get was that uh, my friend who was there with me filmed part of the segment that we did, uh, the final uh, meme crossing broad comments. Um, so he did get that on video and the audio of that was good enough that I was able to separate it from the video and I can give it to you guys right here. So I'm going to play this clip. <clears throat> it's about three minutes long. This is from the live podcast last Saturday at the Larimer. It's me reading uh, the final batch of meme crossing broad uh, comments about soccer. And when I say final, it's because we shut down the comments at crossing broad. Well, it's not true. We didn't shut them down, but we made people now have to. You just, if you want to comment, all you got to do is put your email in. It has to be a real email address uh, before people would just go in and they'd type in like jabroni12345 or whatever. And we couldn't like track them. We had an IP address, but we couldn't track them or whatever. So, uh, yeah, like there's basically been no comments because we just shut out the trolls completely. Right. So, anyway, this is about three minutes of mean uh, crossing broad comments at the Larimer. And the opening, just for context here, is that. Um, we were talking about the requirements that it takes to be Fang if you wanted to apply for the Fang mascot job. You had to be like less than 200 pounds or something like that. So um, one of our, our listeners was complaining that it was like, you know, he wanted to be he wanted to be Fang, but I guess he was too fat to do it. He wanted to be a there one. He wanted to have a fat Fang. So if you hear me talking about fat Fang and skinny Fang, that's where it comes from. All right. Here's the clip. You have a fat Fang and a skinny yeah. Fang. Because we're just trying to, it's 2019, we're trying to be as inclusive as possible. We've got a skinny fang, a, a medium fang, and a fat fang. It's like a Russian nesting doll of fangs. And a woo, a woo fang, yeah. But can you, would you guys qualify six fangs between 5'8 and 6 feet? I don't I would I don't not. qualify. Okay, all right. Well, anyway, I wrote, I wrote a story about the uh, the job opening for fang, and a guy named Me Too said, thanks, this article gave me AIDS. Yeah, awesome. All right, I wrote a story about Andrew Putin signing with the team. Wait, 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 wait. Does that mean that your story went viral? Oh. Oh. I'm out of here. Bye-bye. Try to feel. We're celebrating that the, the, the asshole comments went away, not that they're still here. <laughs> um, so we did a story about Andrew Vooten signing with the team. It's very exciting. It's very exciting, right? But this guy was not excited. He said, this is a wasted opportunity covering a non-sport. Please stop trying to speak soccer into relevance. <laughs> I feel like Chase Sutley. Remember when Chase Sutley said, boo, fuck you? All right, so uh, the, the video of destroying the Red Bull car with a sledgehammer. It's kind of a long one, so bear with me, all right? This guy says, more people give a damn about your silly Kendall Jenner stalking reports than they do about an irrelevant sport. That's the funny thing about soccer fans. They swear to the high heavens that it's relevant and claim that the Phantom State proves it. Whatever the fuck that means. Yet I would wager that more people are familiar with the Philadelphia Soul than they are the silly soccer team. So there's like six teams. They, they, they did win a championship. Two time, I believe two-time champions, though. Yeah. He says, listen, expert, if you want to create some truly riveting content, take your ass to the streets of Philadelphia and make a video interviewing how many random people can so much as name you one Philadelphia Union player. Boo. <laughs> very, very long time. By the way, people... 
What you should know is that like we have a filter in place that if your comment is too long, like it just wouldn't post it, it would just get stuck in the filters. So I'd look in the filters sometimes, I'd see like one guy trying to do the same comment over and over and over and over. And it'll be like five versions before you finally stuck it back. Alright, this guy said soccer is not a sport, boo. Alright, I did uh, five thoughts on the Philadelphia Union, I don't know when this was. Um, and this guy's, this guy's name was Sean Brace. He said, <laughs> he said, the Union is my squad, big up to the sons of Ben. Oh, that's a positive. No, that, that was... So that was a really Sean Brace. Yeah, it probably was. There was a guy who always used to post on the comment section, he would name himself Sean Brace, and he'd do these like, uh, you know, like, I'm white, but I'm trying to be hip kind of jokes or whatever. But we all love Sean. He was the co-host of the Union Soccer Podcast with Joe Tanton. All right, then. It's time for your questions and comments and concerns. There weren't a ton of them. Uh, but that's all right. You know, we did a lot of questions um, at the live podcast. And I felt like that did. Uh, that was well received. All right. So uh, this is from Joe House at US Rover. He says, is Corey Burke never coming back like Keon Daniel? Uh, and should we even care at this point with Vooten in, Fafa being Fafa, Casper playing well enough and whatever Santos can offer? Yeah. So I guess Jim Curtin said today, Wednesday at his press conference that he didn't think that they were going to have Corey Burke back for the season. Um, and yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I, I think, uh, Corey's ceiling or, or, you know, Corey playing well is probably what Cashburn is doing right now. Right. Wouldn't you say that kind of like a bigger target kind of guy could probably score 10 goals this year. I think probably have the same kind of dude there. And with, v with Vooten in the fold. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess if they felt like they could have got, uh, Corey back, then they probably wouldn't have signed him. Right. So I think that was probably the writing on the wall for that. Um, Richard Scott Berry says, how do you feel about the training ground plays? I don't like them. Uh, yes, Marco Fabian got one, but he completely shanked another when a goal was needed. Um, and do you also think that Fontana should be higher than Aronson on the depth chart? Um, training ground plays. Yeah, you know what? It's weird because I think if you, I think if you ask most center backs, um, <laughs> this is gonna sound corny, but we never get to go forward as it is. So when we get a corner, when you get a corner kick or set piece or something like that. Uh, you know, we drag our asses up to the box or something, and we actually can get ahead on the ball, you know. So I think if you ask anybody who played as a defender their entire life, they'll say, I just want to get up on set pieces, put the ball in the box, and let me get ahead on it. Let me get up and get ahead on it. Um, you know, now you can't say, I'm going to run a training ground routine. Kevin, you stay back and don't come up. Because if I, if the center backs don't come up, then you're just cluing the, the opponent in that you're going to run a, a special play anyway, right? So, no, I personally am not a fan of it, but um, if they pull off something like they did the other day, then how can you not be, you know? I think it can't be. I think you got to find kind of like an even ground on those kinds of things. Like, you're not running a set-piece routine every single time you're doing it. You're not playing a short corner every single time you go up. Um, but if you want to do one or two a game, fine. And then if you want to lump the ball in and, and target Jack Elliott and Casper Shabilko and stuff like that, you got some guys who are 6'4 and 6'5 on this team. So why not do it, you know? Um, the second part of that, should Fontana be higher than Aronson on the depth chart? Yeah, why not? well, higher, I don't know, but he should be getting time. I mean, he's quite capable. He's been in the system longer than Aronson is. You know, if Aronson is good enough to start, however many games he is this year, is Fontana not? You know, I mean, we, we sit here and we talk about how, you know, these homegrowns have good first years or whatever, and we talk them up as like they're the next big thing, and then they drop off the face of the earth. 
And one way to keep them from not falling off the face of the earth is to play the 20-year-old, the 21-year-old, the 22-year-old over the 18-year-old. You know, there's really not a huge difference there. So, um, Dr. Strange Dupe says, also, uh, how many union players have been suspended for much less? Uh, how in the world does MLS not suspend Zlatan? Yeah, for the L, for the um, the forearm that he put on the guy um, from LAFC. Yeah, I don't – I mean, remember I was complaining with people or I was complaining online – um, because I felt like Zlatan pushed off uh, Austin Trusty on the one goal that they scored earlier this year in that game. And uh, some people were bitching at me, like that goalkeeper who played for SC Delco or something, that argument that we had that was weird. Um, I mean, again, he's a huge dude, and he's taller, so he's going to, like, when he comes in at, like, the jumping height that he can jump in, he's going to catch people with elbows, and he's going to have his, like, hands on their shoulders and stuff like that. So I don't know how you call it. Um, I do think he gets off a little easy because he's a superstar. I think they call that um, a foul or a, he might get a suspension for other players, but, you know, it's MLS. None of us none of us should be surprised at this point, you know. Um, Ian says, can we expect a F- Always Soccer live podcast at the Larimer in the future? Maybe for a big matchup or a home playoff game? Uh, I was disappointed I missed this one. Uh, yeah, man, I'd be glad to do another one. Uh, for sure, man. I thought it was a good time, right? You guys had a good time? Um, the brewery seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, I, I thought it was cool for sure. You know, we can set it up at the Sons of Ben tailgate too. I mean, I got all the equipment to do it. I just fudged the recording. I guess I wasn't familiar with recording. I ran a couple tests. I ran the recording out from the PA into my uh, interface. Maybe I can try going interface into um, interface out to speakers the next time. I don't know if I get enough push doing it that way. Um, I had somebody else who was going to help me do it, but he wasn't able to do it. So maybe I'll just get somebody else to handle that. So I'm not engineering the thing and hosting it at the same time. You know, I think I'm trying to bite off more than I can chew here. Um, bro rad. When is Fontana going to overtake Aronson? Um, he says, is he the Delaware Jemba Jemba? <laughs> is that guy's name? Eric Jemba Jemba. Is that what he played for like Liverpool or something? Uh, yeah, Fontana questions, man. I don't know. I think he's good. I think he's got a nose for goal. Um, I said I said at the podcast that I didn't think that Aronson was doing anything to help, the, to necessarily hurt the team, that Aronson was doing fine out there, but I didn't feel like he was doing anything that really helped the team over the hump, you know? Um, so I still think, you know, Fabiana Montero have not played a lot together at all. You know, and if they get that clicking, if they if Fabian can stay healthy and stay in form, Fabian Montero Bedoya Medunian is the best midfield that this team has ever put out there, and easily the best midfield in the Eastern Conference by far. Maybe in all of MLS, actually, it might be an exercise for another time. Um, here's the last one from Mitch. Uh, he says, in my opinion, Fabian is playing like Roland Alberg, uh, scoring goals but not creating many chances for others. Is that a fair comparison? Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Um, you know, I think that we kind of thought that Fabian was going to be a guy who could, like, unlock, you know, a defense. And, uh, you know, when teams were bunkering in and playing defensively, Aronson wasn't really able to do that. They put Montero up there for a little bit, and he did a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, I think we kind of saw him more of as, like, a facilitator and a string puller. But, uh, you know, he's hit some bangers so far. And it's nice to finally have somebody who can shoot from outside the box and who will shoot outside the box. I mean, at the risk of sounding like Flyers fans, how many times have have you sat there watching the TV saying, just shoot, man, just uncork it. You know, Madunian from like 
just outside the 18, like 24 yards out. Yo, hit it, man. You can. You can do that. Hit it. So, yeah, that's a good comparison. Roland Allberg, for sure. He's scoring goals and he's contributing, but maybe he's not sort of fitting in. It's like what Russ and I were talking about. Maybe he's not sort of fitting in and like everybody thought he was going to fit in, but he's helping in other ways, you know. Uh, do I see him turning a corner? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, as long as he's scoring goals and doing what he's doing, they could use it. So, All right, that's all I got. Not a lot of questions this week. But, again, thanks uh, thanks to Matt for jumping on the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Do a little something different. Um, thanks again to everybody who came out to the Larimer. It was great. And, uh, yeah, we'll do it again, man. We will do it again sometime. Episode, I think this was number 85. It's always soccer in Philadelphia. Maybe we will reach 100 at some point in the future.